0: Good morning, Remy.
1: Good morning, Breck.
0: It's like a two-cup uh, water coffee this morning. Yeah. <laughs> Neither Remy nor I felt like doing morning this morning. No,
1: I don't feel like doing mornings
0: most mornings, honestly. <laughs> you know, I think it, it's definitely harder for me. I don't know. It depends on the season, what we're going into with, Fall, winter, it gets a lot worse for me. Does it for you? Or you're like, Yeah, I mean I've the whole always, way through. I've
1: always kind of been a night person. We've just been working really hard lately, so now I'm way more tired at night. But I used to be someone that would rather work until two o'clock in the morning than wake up at like six. I'd rather work all night than wake up early.
0: That uh yeah, I'm kinda of, I like to be well, I don't know, what time do you go to bed usually? I like to be in bed by 10.30 and a lot of people think that's late, but...
1: Uh, like midnight or one.
0: That's when you go to bed? Yeah. No wonder you don't want to get up in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, I guess, or whatever whatever you're watching this. Um, welcome to Coffee with the Cowgirls. I'm Brett Krueger.
1: And I'm Remy Greer.
0: And I've missed you, Remy. Yeah, you had a nice week at the lake, I hope. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, it's a little, well, I love the lake, um, love the lake, love bad medicine. My kids love it, so that is worth all of it in the end anyway. But uh, I don't really fish, Remy. I don't, <laughs> I'm just I along saw, for the ride. I saw your big catch, so, you know, you shouldn't say you don't fish. Don't be jealous, Remy. <laughs> and I did that all by myself. You should be really proud. Pat yourself yeah. on the back, right there. You know, I do have to tell this funny story because uh, it just—I I think it'll give people like a little glimpse into my life and how competitive everything has to be. Remy, I do not fish. I do not know anything about fishing poles, driving a boat, what water, you, what hook you would use to catch. Whatever fish in different kinds of waters, I don't know none of that. I don't want to know any of that. So, I thought, and like I, I do this all the time. Like, this is gonna be so awesome. We're really gonna be making a memory here. I'm gonna go out in this boat with my son and his friend and Brandon, and I'm gonna have a beer and maybe throw a line in the water. I don't know. I'm, it's just gonna be a really. Something that I'm going to remember for a long time. That's that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So I get on the boat with them. And Braden's like, you know what, mom? You fish. Bodie will drive the boat. He got his boaters license now. You fish. This is going to be really fun for you. I'm like, okay. So I stick the line in the water. And then heard for the next hour how... I didn't have my line out far enough. The tip of the pole wasn't down and down, like tipped down, I guess. That's the thing. Um, and then I was catching a lot of fish, but apparently I wasn't setting the hook. So then I got like a 15 minute lesson on how to set the hook. I don't really care. Remy. they're like, you're losing so many fish. And I'm like, listen, folks, I didn't come out here to get yelled at. I really didn't want to learn this. So, you guys need to settle down. Yeah, but we feel like you're catching big ones out there, but you're not setting it right. And then you're losing them. And I, what are you even doing, Breck? I'm like, okay. I'm
1: feeding, you just said I'm feeding the fish. That's what I'm yeah. doing. They're taking the bait. I'm feeding the fish.
0: I don't know how to drive the boat, but I think I'm going to give that a try. Like, you take the pole. I don't want it anymore. It's really not as relaxing as I thought it was going to be. So, yes, that's my... Fishing story, <laughs> I think <laughs> next time I'll let them make the memories, and I'll stay back at the cabin.
1: you know what that's such a mom thing too, you right? Ray? Like I'm gonna have the perfect Christmas, and it's all gonna be great, and everything's gonna be awesome, God. and then you're you know you're wrapping presents at two o'clock in the morning and Christmas dinner isn't ready, and you <laughs> didn't de- make the right
0: hot of scalloped potatoes for everyone in your household, so yeah, I know you know I'm kind of used to that kind of lifestyle now, so it's like. Mm, it is what it is. It used to cause me anxiety, but not so. I don't know. I probably still get a little nuts. So, and you guys, um, you James, were all the boys there? or Was it just Oh uh, Yeah, we took we took all the boys.
1: Only two of them rode, but we took all the boys.
0: Brayden and Kyle, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So. James, Remy, Brayden, Kyle—all well, their family. But Brayden and Kyle rode, and Brandon were all out in Reno at the Western States production. Is it Western Finals? I don't even know what they... it is. Western Regional Finals. Okay. Look at <laughs> that again. I
1: don't remember last week either. I call Western Regionals, so that's what we're gonna go with.
0: Yeah. Anyway, super fun time for all of them. I wasn't there, but I'll let Remy tell. I was watching. On Sunday, a lot. I spent a lot of time watching. I love watching all of them compete. It's fun.
1: No, we had a really good show. Um, I won two classes. Uh, Brandon had a hell of a show on the Big Gambler. I, I did not make that finals. I watched that <laughs> final. Um, and then James ended up winning. He placed in a bunch of classes. He and Braden made the eleven-two finals. out, classes. which a was five. so cool. It's super awesome. And then you know, of course, he's uh, Braden's hyper competitive so he was disappointed that he didn't win, and I was like, you you made the finals out of a, a, lot, of teams. a lot of teams, and then um, James ended up winning high point, and I was reserve high point, so it was a good weekend. Clients rode well. <laughs> we had fun. The boys made some new friends. I got a lot of compliments on the boys, not just on their riding, but on their personalities, so it was a good weekend all the way around. It did
0: look like a really fun weekend. I was well, I was good with watching from afar, um, but I I feel like I become like some crazy psycho person <laughs> trying to watch it all and keep it all straight. Well, and, I like, do the but... same
1: thing. We'll be going somewhere and I'm watching like a show on my, I'm watching like a event on my phone. I'm like yelling at my phone. Like that's going to help them anyway. Like they can hear I me on my <laughs> phone, but I can't help myself.
0: So I totally same. understand. Same girl. Same. Um... What else has happened in the last couple of weeks?
1: You had um, your speaking engagement on Monday?
0: I did yesterday, actually. Um, yeah, yesterday. yeah. yeah. And we are going to talk about anxiety today. And, uh, well, like when I got the offer to do it, I'm like, oh, yeah, but I would love to do that. Um, not only, I just think it's, like, so cool that I get, get to give back to the school that I loved, and I just – i I was excited to do it but then the closer it came I was like it was real and I had a lot of anxiety about what I was gonna say and I struggled with what I was going to say for a long time literally wrote this speech I think it took me seven hours I wrote it and at the end of it I scrapped it all and uh, I'm like this is not why am I overthinking this anxiety though? That is anxiety. And it all went fine. It was a lot of fun. I'm glad I did it.
1: No, it's a, it's always hard to do public speaking too, because the problem is you want to know what you want to say, but you can't really rehearse what you say or else you sound like a robot.
0: (laughs) I know you do. And public speaking is hard, but I knew like, Well, so we're going to talk about anxiety today, like I said, but uh, I think anxiety kind of holds you back. It tries to hold you back from doing something, right? And you think about all the things that could go wrong. And if you stop yourself from doing it, then it just keeps building every time. So I just said, I have a few ideas in my head of how I'm going to approach this or tackle this speech. I went out and did it. It was good. It was really good until I could see I was losing people. And then I was like, Oh God, then I started to get a little anxiety and panicked and ended it not the way I wanted to, but I learned. And I think that's the key or moral to this story is you have to jump, even though it's uncomfortable because It was not comfortable being up there, but I knew that if I did it this one time, that it would be a lot easier the next time I do it, and I would have a better idea of what to prepare for and how to make it better, and I know that that's what happened, so I like that.
1: No, and it's, uh, you know, they're college kids, like they're college freshmen. Who cares if you look silly in front of them? I know know you care, I know you care, but a lot of times when you really think about who you might embarrass yourself in front of, it's not
0: that big of a deal. Yeah, and the chances (laughs) that they remember are very unlikely, so, yeah. Um, All right, should we start our discussion about anxiety? Yeah, let's get started. Do you have
1: it? I do not. That is not my crippling mental health problem. I deal with depression. I do not deal with anxiety um i know plenty of people that deal with diagnosed and undiagnosed anxiety i feel it creeping in every once in a while and and i think what's hard too is like some anxiety is warranted right not actual anxiety but like that feeling sometimes is warranted now how do you manage that right so so and is what you said was true right and this is i know to be true is, being friends and very close with people that legitimately have anxiety is your one failure. Got to get my angle right. So for me, depression doesn't let me act sometimes, right? I have to force myself to act because Sorry, yeah. that's what depression does. But anxiety, like my my one failure, is not tied to every other failure, right? It, it's that failure? It makes that easier for me. It's like you say, like I say stuff is easy. It is for me, but I, and I say that not being conceited. And okay, so going back to let's I'm going to tie this back to Reno really quickly. So we went to Reno, we competed and we got done with the weekend. And James goes, you make everything look really easy. It looks so easy for you. (laughs) And I was like, it is easy. I know what I'm doing. I hope I know what I'm doing by now. If I don't. okay. but for him, again, he's someone that deals with anxiety. So he has to prove himself every time. And like I said, if I fail once and it's part of the reason failure isn't crippling for me. If I feel once, I feel at that thing and that thing alone, right? But if you have anxiety, and this is what you were talking about, it's now this like landslide of everything you've ever done wrong. That's all connected to that one failure. It's not. And logically, you know, it's not, but it doesn't
0: feel that way. It's it... <laughs> so I looked up the definition of anxiety and I about to spit my coffee out. <laughs> Because it says at the bottom, a certain level of anxiety helps us stay alert and aware. According to this, I'm extremely alert and aware. <laughs> but I mean, and that's what
1: I deal with. And we deal with it as a, as a horse trainer, right? There's anxiety about what clients have anxiety about their horses. But again, it's all that failures tied to a lot of things. And there's a lot of stress that goes into it. And then normal stress now makes anxiety worse. So no, I don't deal with anxiety. I, I have other things wrong with me, just not that one. That's not the box I checked.
0: I, I've always dealt with it undiagnosed, but I know what it is. I don't need a doctor to tell me. Um, and it affects me in different ways in different levels. So like if a horse show scenario, I always joke that I'm the queen of callbacks. I can make a lot of callbacks. And my anxiety doesn't affect me, you know, in that first go It's like when you get to where it counts is where it affects me. Um, so in the horse show arena, and now I've kind of learned how to navigate it. It'll still get me sometimes, but it's getting easier because I know the root of the problem, but it probably affects me way more in my day-to-day life than it does in the horse show scenario
1: well it's kind of the same thing as you giving your speech to those kids right it's practice okay so i've made a lot of second goes. how do i get out of the second go right it's it's putting yourself out there over and over again until you can at least trap that anxiety in a little box and that
0: that truly is a really good statement actually it is putting yourself out there until you get comfortable with it yeah time and time again um and it sucks like I talked about that in my speech, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And when you have anxiety, that's really, it's hard to do because your body, and, um, for me, the anxiety wears me out. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, and I like
1: have dealt, and I say I don't have anxiety. I've dealt with it various times throughout my life. And again, some of it was warranted. Some of it was me being under massive amounts of stress. But I, I have had that deal where it's like, well, one thing didn't go right. So now I'm breathing faster and I've got to make this work. And now I don't feel, I, I, you feel, like for me, I get tight chested. It doesn't happen to me very often, but I get tight chested. I get really worried. And then I have to stop and be like, <sighs> fuck it. But again, I don't really deal with anxiety. Like, having anxiety in a moment is not the same thing as really dealing with anxiety, right? I'm going to sound
0: like a super crazy person.
1: Yeah, and, like, I I hear the crazy in my head sometimes, and I was like, you got to stop.
0: Like, Like I'm I'm terrified of bridges, Remy. I get anxiety going across bridges. Now, when I'm driving by myself, I can just get in the passing lane, kind of close my eyes, and just hammer down. Now, when I'm driving with Brandon and we've got the horse trailer on, I usually put my head between my legs and close my eyes because I have got some, but it's not something that just developed either. It's something I've had for a really long time and dealt with. Uh, I don't know. I've got really bad anxiety when it comes to, I do a lot with like new riders, beginning entry level riders that causes me a lot of stress because I envision the worst things happening. And I don't know, but I think it also keeps them safe. Like I will never, and I think that's the reason people trust me because they know I will never put them in a bad situation. I would never do that to anybody because I know what can happen. Can I tell you? I about shit my pants like a month ago. We had a guy that was wanting to look at saddles and we were at a horse show and all of our horses were tied to the trailer saddled for me. And, um, I mean, their horses, they're all extremely, all of our horses are extremely gentle. I trust them. But would I ever get on one of them tied to the trailer in a saddle? Hell no. I mean, You don't know what they're going to do. That's like, I would never put anybody in that situation. I had my back turned. I turned back around and he was sitting on one of our horses tied to the trailer. And I'm like, whoa, you should not be doing that. I mean, my heart started racing immediately. Every bad scenario, that horse, like, and I wasn't worried about the horse. I was worried about him. I'm like, he's going to get killed. And he's like, gets off the horse and looks at me. He's like, shouldn't do it with shouldn't do that with that one. I'm like, okay, but see, see, that's warranted anxiety, right? The you horse sets back. Anyone. <laughs> yeah,
1: but like the horse sets back and now he's in a wreck or something moves too quickly and now he's tied off hard and fast to something else. That is warranted anxiety. Yes. Maybe it brought him other feelings, but you being worried about that is warranted. It should happen. That's like a giant no-no.
0: I'm telling you. That's a lot, man. <laughs> My other anxiety is, um, I had a really bad wreck trail riding when I was probably 13 and I do not like to trail ride because of that. Like my idea of trail riding would be going down a gravel road, going through terrain or through the mountains would not be for me. Everybody's like, oh, doesn't let's do that Grand Canyon ride on the donkeys or mules. I'm out. I would pull one of those suckers off the ledge because I would not be able to just sit there, hang on, and do your thing. I would cause wreck with that. That would, I know my limits and my boundaries, and that is outside of all of that not happening ever.
1: Yeah, I and again, I think it's one of those things, right, like where we we can talk about where the trauma came from, but then how do you move on for, from it, right? And you don't have the ability to go, pra, like, again, you don't have the ability to go, like, practice throughout it because where you live, now where I live. So, again, going back to James, I will rag down whatever rough country there is. I love it. I love riding through rough country. I love riding down hillsides. I love stuff you probably shouldn't ride down, and you should get off and walk. Again, I don't have really bad experience. I used to trail ride a lot with my dad after high, like when I was in school. Like he would pick me up and we'd go, and like he would take a machete. This is what we did, and he'd like cut paths, and you'd go through it. And I thought it was great. I thought it was amazing. It was so much fun. And so to this day, like we got cattle to catch in rough country, it's me that goes and rides it. Now James grew up, and they we used to go out to places, like in Prescott, Arizona, and then Baghdad, Arizona, and, like, you hear the stories, and you see some of the videos. I now know why James is like, yeah, you go run up that hill. I'll walk down here, because he got in very bad situations and survived them, and he's like, yeah, I'm good. I've had enough of that for my entire life. Yeah. And again, like, I, so I don't have anxiety, so the adrenaline's great for me. I love it. Like, I thrive on it. But, like, and it's not that I haven't had bad wrecks. I've had bad wrecks. They just don't hang with me for forever. And James is like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk this one down. Like, I'm good. He's like, I, I'm cowboy enough to know I don't want to cowboy that hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, no. And it like for me on trail rides, especially ones that have any difficulty at all, my anxiety would not just be for me and my horse. It would be for you. It would be for James. I, it, it wouldn't be fun for me to do it I, because I will, it's too much. I will tell you some of our biggest fights have
1: happened gathering cattle because like I'll, I'll go running across something, right? Like all oh, we're going to get them turned and James is at a long trot and it's nothing against him. and He's right. We'll get them caught. But I'm like, I want to get them caught now. So I'd go running across stuff and you can hear the fear in his voice when
0: he's like, stop. Cause you're going to break a horse's leg or something. You're gonna break
1: horse leg. I'm going to get in a wreck and for what? To get cows caught. And I'm
0: just like, I'm good.
1: I'm running. I trust what I'm on. I'm going to go. And again, it's not because it's just that whole difference in attitude and opinion and mental health, right? Like this is a real thing because people shake off anxiety and, you know, so many people talk about having anxiety that people kind of scoff at it. Well, again, like we're in a whole new world. And I think that's part of the reason you see the rise of anxiety too. Aside from that normally people have anxiety, I think you see so many more people with anxiety because we've been cloistered off from each other more and more because of social media and the internet being able to do everything on this. Right. And then now you couple that with COVID. So people have to be at home, not now, but they did. Right. And so you don't have, you, you are now having to deal with a lot more emotions in a different way and you don't have to process them in the same way. And that's why I think you see a lot more kids having anxiety than you had before.
0: I think it's genetic. And
1: and I think that's true, but I think, you know, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I think it's one of those things where you see it, right? And so some people can learn to manage it better. It doesn't mean it doesn't rear its ugly head. Because I see it in, like, I have two boys where you can really see that tendency. It's not horrible. It's not crippling yet. But you see that tendency. And the other two are more like me, where it's just like, all right, cool. And and people take that as me being flippant. I'm not. But my brain doesn't register that way. But like my one son really likes to have a schedule. So if you say we're going to eat dinner at eight Oh six and it's eight Oh seven, well, you said we were going to eat dinner and now it triggers this whole waterfall of things that you didn't do when you said you were going to do them. And it gets taken as being, you know, as him being difficult, he's not being difficult, but his brain was like, we were supposed to do this. If I do this, then I get this response. And for him, it, it's it's frightening. And he'll tell you that. Like, he gets worried and he can't stop. And he'll say that I was talking to him. And as a mother, it was heartbreaking. I'm like, you have the ability to stop this, right? You have the ability to stop acting like this. He goes, I know, Mama. I try and I can't. He was like five years old. And it broke my heart. Because he realized, like, yeah, you're right.
0: But I can't. I've tried and I can't. I'm a little, you know, now that you say that, I think about myself. And for me, um, okay, so... Like I have a list of things in my head um, that I'm gonna do. I'm just, let's just say I'm gonna do chores in the morning and then I'm going to clean stalls and then I'm going to sweep the alleyway and then I'm going to rake somewhere and then I'm gonna saddle horses. For me, I can't go out of that order. I have to complete one task before I can go on to the next, really, I I, I don't know. Um, it's like a habit but, for me. But
1: it's a it's a coping mechanism, right? It so, is because for anxiety, you're you're not just a, you're afraid of every bad outcome, right? You don't really look for the good outcomes. Every bad thing that can go wrong. So if I can control my actions, right? If you can control your actions, if I'm gonna if I'm going to do chores and then I'm going to sleep, sweep the alley, if I do all these things, then I know what is happening next. I am in control of the next yeah. thing. Right. And again, like I, I, I am married to someone that deals with anxiety and it's different in men than it is in women. And also it's one of those things where like, you know, he doesn't want to say that he's diagnosed and he's not diagnosed. I just see the behavior and I see it with people that are diagnosed with anxiety. It also well, makes James you has learned how to deal with it. Over deal with it, right? And that. it makes you it makes you in some ways really efficient. It makes you really good at predicting outcomes. And it's just like when you talk when James talks about um, competing, right. right? He knows every bad outcome. He expects every bad outcome. He rides for the best, but he expects every bad outcome. And I know all the bad outcomes. I just don't dwell on them. And again, that's not because I'm better than someone. Like I don't say this from a judging point of view. My brain just doesn't function that way. Yeah. Like I like I feel like I've prepared for the worst. We're gonna go hope for the best. And again, it's not me being flippant, it's just how I'm wired. Like that's I'm wired that way. But again, you know, I deal with crippling depression. So there's there's that one for me.
0: Does it even out the anxiety?
1: <laughs> You know, I think it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I think um, it was funny. So there was a lady that her name is Delin that we met in Reno. And she was talking about, because after hearing me describe our relationship, she goes, I really expected a more intensity out of James. Because I think James is like super intense in the pen. She goes, but it's different. You guys have a different style. She goes, because James is laughing right after a run. She goes, and I watched you walk out and decompress for like 30 seconds. Because I do. I take that big... And then go on, and she's like, "It's different. Like you guys handle things differently." Now, someone not knowing us, (coughs) she didn't take him as as intense as I am, and I was like, "Man, all right, like." But it was funny because it is the same thing, right? James plans for every bad outcome, so when they and it works out, he's ecstatic. I just expect it to work out, so yeah, I'm happy, but like it's not unexpected for it to work out for me. It's always unexpected for things to really go the way they're supposed to if you're dealing with anxiety. And I've had girls that ride for me that deal with anxiety. And again, like bad anxiety, medicated anxiety, because they can't handle all of that. And they're smart enough to know that they that have- not everything
0: works the way it's supposed to. I'm not on medication. I believe in it, definitely. Um, and maybe some days I need it uh, I have learned how to manage it over the years. Um, I know that I can be so irritating to my husband because when I've got my list of things, it, I want them done just like that. So if I ask him to do, I, I want you to put a horse in the cross ties for me, or I want you to sweep up the area that I forgot to, I will ask him 20 times to do the task until it's done. Because when I say it, I don't want it done like 20 minutes from now. I want it done right now because he's holding me up from moving on. And that kind of sucks because I do the same thing with my kids. So then I just get irritated and I go do it myself because it's easier. But um, I do know a lot of people who are probably... I think they call it high functioning anxiety and it, I don't have that. Thankfully, even though it might sound like I do, I don't. And it, I, it would be awful Remy, because I watch these people in just like a lazy Saturday afternoon at the lake or wherever. It's hard for them to mentally relax and enjoy the moment because they are concerned about everything around them and that would suck to have to live in that life or mindset because they carry that with them wherever they are doing every little task and to think of something to think the worst is always going to happen no matter what you're doing I mean, we kind of talk about it like I know I think of bad outcomes when I'm trail riding so I limit my time trail riding but I don't go to the grocery store and think of bad outcomes happening I don't um, go to a restaurant out to eat and think of bad things happening. But there are people out there, Remy, who deal with that level of anxiety. No matter where they're going or what they're doing, they are dealing with that. that that'd that be terrible.
1: No, and it's like, so yesterday we weaned calves. And James and I have both been really a lot more cognizant about taking time to enjoy all the things we have. We got to practice it. And that's what I think. Like when I talked about letting things go, when I talked about a lot of things, a lot of that takes practice, even for me, like even for as spacey as I can be, it takes practice. So we let all the calves out and it was around sunset and James just laid down in the back of the truck. And he was like, I just wanna enjoy this moment right now. Like, it's really nice. The weather's really nice. It's really pretty up here. I just wanna lay here. And so we just sat in the back of the truck and did nothing. Now for him, even five years ago, that would have been impossible. Because he can't sit still? No. And yeah, because it's there's always something else to do, which then for me translates that I always have something else to do. And then I become that person, right? Like I say, That's I don't deal faster. with anxiety, but I've been trained now, like there's always something else to do. And so, you know, it was hard for me even yesterday. And he's like, I know this is killing you. And it was because for so long, we always had to step on to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. But, and I think that's one of those things like, again, practice taking five minutes out of your day to just breathe and relax and enjoy it. And then 10 minutes and then 15 minutes, but it doesn't happen overnight. And if you get trapped in like, I'm supposed to take 20 minutes a day to myself. If you're not used to taking time to yourself, that's a lot of
0: time alone with yourself. That is funny that you bring that up about James and he's wired that way to just go, 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 but it's his mind. And it causes a lot of rift in relationships because of that. Like Brandon, the difference between me and him, when we wake up, he wants to cuddle for five minutes. I'm like who the fuck has time to cuddle for five <laughs> minutes? I'm not cuddling. When I wake up, I don't want to be cuddled. I want to put my feet on the ground and I'm starting my day running. That is how I am. And that bothers somebody who doesn't have anxiety because it looks a little bit like I don't love him, which I love him very much. I just don't want to cuddle for five minutes. Sometimes it's painful when he's like, no, you're doing it. And I'm like, I don't want to do it.
1: And uh, so I'm not a big cuddler. James likes James uh has is the affectionate one, but it's just, so it's hard for me. Right. Because he's, it's always been that he's such a goer. So then when he wants to take time to stop, I'm like, and again, so there's, there's some anxiety there. What went wrong? Like, why are we stopped? <laughs> because, you know, and it was like, and we were talking about saying, so, so what do we give up? Like, we're really busy right now. Because what do we give up? And like, you know, again, I have now molded into an adult that thinks like, we don't stop. We don't say no, we just keep rolling. That's not a great way to live either. Like, I mean, I told you yesterday, I'm, I'm more tired than I've ever been. And like, I thought I was, and I, like, it's one of those things you're like. How was I tired before? Like I'm doing so much more. How was I not? How How did I think I was tired before? So it and it does. It creates a weird relationship when you don't have anxiety, but you are dealing with someone that has anxiety because you do start to mimic some of those things, right? If I'm not moving, then I'm not doing something right. And as much as I preach, like I'll oh, fuck it, sit down and take a break, which I do. But then I have to fear, is there going to be a backlash because we didn't get, because we didn't get something done, right? Not from James, just now what didn't get done that I should have gotten done that day. Well, I'm okay with putting it off, but he didn't used to be okay with putting it off. And he has yeah. had to practice, you know, he's had to practice if it doesn't get done today, but the, the animals are taken care of, the kids are taken care of, then that's enough for today. Right? Perfect. But Perfect. That, that, it, that takes practice. That does not happen right away.
0: No, uh, for me, um, you're talking about being exhausted and all of the things. It is easier for me to physically work, uh, than it is to, like, I've had to sit down a lot and just try to think right, Remy, and do things that I'm not used to doing, no physical labor at all. I'm just sitting here and I feel like, Oh my God, I've like sat here for five days in a row. I've sat here for hours on end and I'm so exhausted. And it's because, um, I think it's because the anxiety just like so many thoughts are going through my head and I'm literally just wore down and can't even think anymore, from just sitting here. It's hard to wrap my mind around, but it takes a lot out of me, I've decided. It takes a lot out of me to try to put the pieces together. And I think that it comes from the anxiety because I'm doing things that I'm not good at because I've never done them before.
1: Right. And so that's the other thing like about anxiety is it tells you you're not good enough about a lot of things. And again, you can rationally know that you are good enough or maybe you think that you're not good enough. But part of that is just it's you again, retrain your brain. And I say that and I'm not talking about legitimate full scale anxiety because I am not a mental health professional. But you yeah. see um,
0: not doctors,
1: folks. Yeah. But and you, I think you see that with a lot of people that are dealing with um Anxiety and self-doubt, right? You watch them do a lot of manual labor because you know what you have to do, right? I need to rake this up. This needs to get done. Uh, we joke about what, like everyone feels satisfied, time. Time. right? And so, and it's like uh, they joke at our shows, like we're we are both really anal about the ground at our shows, like we want really good footing all the time. But we joke about James having tractor therapy, and it's true, like he likes to go drive the tractor and drag, not just because he wants the ground good, but he gets off and he's like he's way more relaxed and also he, resets. He, gets, he gets to reset and then he can think about all those things. And I think like the humming of the tractor makes it better because he gets off the tractor. He's like, okay, well, we're going to do this and this and this. And I'm like, okay, we're going to go do those things. But it, it allows his brain to just now recalculate what he wants to get done. And um, like, and, and like, I, I have anxiety about weird things like I, that. I never had before I had kids. Yeah. So my dad wants to go on a cruise, like take us all on a cruise. I am petrified of going on a cruise. Oh, I never was. was. We used to cruise all the time. I'm afraid my kids are going to fall overboard. And if you know my kids, that's maybe not an illogical fear. Like that they'll climb it. It would but be I'm hard like, for you to relax. I, I wouldn't be able to. Like it I it, it like makes me sick to my stomach when I think about it. There's certain things like with my kids that never bothered me before and I cannot get past now.
0: I so told I, you my weird Yep. after I had kids. I was scared to put all four of us in the truck together. Like, I, I thought if we got in a car crash... Nope. Or no, I was scared, like, Brandon and I going together because if we got in a car crash and we both died, who was going to take care of our kids? So then I would choose to stay home because it was going to be me.
1: <laughs> right? But that it, And then it feeds itself. It's really hard to get away from that. Yeah. But I think I think part of the thing, too, is so... I was like a national level gymnast for a long time, not for forever, but for a long time. And, uh, one of the things they taught you was like, you know, if you got tight in your body, you got hurt. Right. And anxiety does you manifest. It
0: manifests in body tightness. And that's the reason I'm always so sore, like through my neck and my shoulders, because that's where I carry. So my all these come together,
1: Right. So for me, like I do, if I get tight, it's right here it's right here, but I've learned my whole, like, I mean, most of my training when I was younger was put everything in a tiny, tiny little circle. So it, it can only affect one part of your body. And right here, doesn't affect your balance. So that's where they tell you to keep it. That's where I learned to keep my anxiety. And I will tell you, like, if I get worried or if things bother me, I feel pain here. And it's not even like lower in your breathing. It's just right there or feels heavy. Like I will feel a physical heaviness sitting on my chest. Now I get to brush it off because again anxiety is not my jam, right?
0: I'm like, maybe that's the reason it's easy for you to keep it right there. It's so small, Remy, but I kind of wonder if you might not have a line of people at the horse show having you teach them how to keep their anxiety right here. But you know, what? and I think think that's the
1: thing too, is if you're not dealing with like straight mental health issues, you kind of got to fake it till you make it sometimes. And um, again, with me dealing with depression is like uh, I have that blog, right? Ride the crazy. And there's a, there's a short story on there that's called the grayness. So that's what I deal with, with depression. It's not anxiety, right? For me, I feel gray sometimes. I don't feel bad. I don't feel good. I have to go through the motions, no. right? I have to go through the motions until I feel good again. Now, there's been times where it gets really gray and I can't hear anything. I can't feel anything, but I just keep going through the motions until I get there. That's probably not a healthy coping mechanism either, but I don't know any
0: other way. So I was, when I was looking up the definitions of anxiety and all of that, they was talking about um, ways to relieve anxiety, like immediate relief. And I'm guessing that some of this stuff crosses over to what you would deal with in depression. And the one thing that I, that they wrote down, I'm like, that is how I deal with it. And I think it's how you deal with depression too. Um, but it says, these are what they said, a hug from someone you love, which when I like, it just feels so overwhelmed with anxiety. I always go to Brandon and I'm like, just hold me. Cause I think that it lets me yeah, reset and take the breath. Um, aromatherapy, which is funny because I've got candles all over and it does make me different, smells whatever makes me calm myself but the one that stuck out the most was um, create mm-hmm. art and you are a creator and so am I and well you are talented as an artist but you also create with your words which I do as well um,
1: and I, I like, think sorry. it's like so for me I um, if you like look in my notes in my phone or like my little notebook I write down fragments of sentences a lot, right? Because it comes in my head and I don't want to let it go. And if I don't write it down right then, then it just floats away and I don't have it back anymore. And then I can go back and rebuild those short stories. Sometimes I'll look back and I was like, I have no idea where I was going for, but it lets me get it out, right? I don't let it sit and fester. And that's part of it. It's You can have this really healthy artistic output, but if you don't, it's almost like those thoughts then stay in your head and turn into something, they're like an abscess. They turn into something that you don't want.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, when I it's like when I read your blog, right? You sometimes have tar- a hard time articulating. Like when we were talking about success, it's hard for you to articulate why success was hard to talk about.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then your blog was awesome about it. But it's true, it's sometimes it's harder to get it out. But if you can get it out on paper and just kind of like, vomit it out into the world and then come back and edit it, you feel better. And you're again in control of it, right? Written word is much easier to control than spoken word.
0: It, but it is a release Mm -hmm. too. You know, it is just such a release. Uh, I don't know. I, you know, I guess I just never really thought about it, but yeah, I think about you and you don't deal with anxiety. You deal with depression, but it's the same thing. And you create, you, you draw, you write. um, And maybe that's our form of self-care.
1: No, for me, I really have to, I really enjoy writing.
0: I enjoy drawing. Um,
1: I enjoy doing the leather work, but it is, it's because, and, and part of it for me is writing. Like once I start, so, once I start writing, I can let all these other pieces out. Like I don't stop. I never have. That's always been the way that I wrote everything from term papers to short stories to long stories to poetry. Once I start, I just let it keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. And I can get it all out. Now, some of that will never see the light of day, but I feel so much better. It feels so much lighter afterwards. No matter what I was writing, it felt lighter afterwards because that was a piece of me that I could now get out and show into the light. That's a big part of it is recognize those pieces of yourself because a lot of them that have us doubting ourselves are beautiful pieces of ourselves, but you hide them in the dark or you don't give them enough power. And there's power in anxiety too. It does make you super aware of situations, right? It makes you think of all those things and it lets you plan for all those things. I am a horrible planner. And maybe if I had some more anxiety, it would help (laughs) me with these things. But I, and I'm saying that because like there's for every bad piece of you, There can be a positive outcome for at least part of it, not all of it, but at least part of it, you know, and again, so ideal depression, which means you reflect on yourself a lot. If you're honest, like I spent years in therapy and uh, I, but I'm aware it's made me more empathetic. It makes me realize that not everyone processes the same thing all the time, like in the same way. So the hard part about depression is that people are like, you don't have a reason to be sad. And I'm like, I wish depression was sadness. I wish that's what it was because that's what people think. If you're, if you're depressed and you're sad, I'm not sad a lot. I'm just nothing, which I think is even worse than being sad. So I'm nothing. And then you have guilt because you don't have a
0: reason. Yeah. It just feels like,
1: yeah. Like I now have guilt because I shouldn't be depressed. (laughs) Right. And you're like, It's not helping my depression, but when you give light to those bad parts or what you think are bad parts, because they're not bad parts of you, when you give light to them through creativity and you do something constructive with it, right? Your blog, creating all the digital media, you're creating this, this, right? You're putting parts of you out there and you're showing them to the light and you're finding other people that are drawn to that light too, right? You
0: draw people to you. Um, I told you this already, but I'm going to share it again because I think it's a really cool thing. But when I was at Black Hawk yesterday, um, or Monday, you are right. God, I'm, today is I'm Wednesday. It's because it's too early. I know. I, I can't say season. can't <laughs> function. Um, on Monday, while I was there, this young man came up to me after I spoke, and he said, "I can't really believe that you're here." Uh, And I said, oh, and he was like, I just never thought that I'd actually meet you guys. Well, you weren't there. So it was me. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, yes. And he was there in support of his girlfriend. He was from Missouri and he was uh, serving for our country and he was over in Iraq, I think he said. And he said he was listening to us, listening to some of the stuff I'd previously done and he said, I know that you're stuff's scared towards women more, but he said, there's a lot of good things that you guys share that people just don't want to talk about. And he said, I can tell you that it got me through some really dark times in a place that I didn't necessarily want to be. And I'm like, well, thank you. I, that means a lot to me. And yeah, it, the more that you can share your story so people know that they're not going through something alone and you know you always you i think that you shared something that was super funny about uh the green the grass isn't always greener on the other side water 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 your own yard water your own yard yes yeah. and um
1: oh the water bill's higher the grass is green on the other side, the water bill is
0: probably- yeah, that's what it is. Okay, yeah. uh, anyway, you shared that a while back, and um, you think about that because we're all guilty of it. We're all guilty of looking around and looking at somebody else and be like, Oh gosh, they've got the life. It's, I wish I had their life. Well, really, I mean, it did. Are there people who really thought without you telling them that you deal with depression,
1: Remy? No, I mean, I, no, I, I mean, I, I, it's one of those things too, so. Another good thing that's come out of not just this podcast, but I know her in real life, not that I don't know you other people in real life, but I know her in real life. She made a post about that. She didn't think she was enough as a mother, right? She didn't feel like she was enough and that she gave up this whole other life to be there and she'd kind of struggled with it. And she finally was really comfortable in what a badass job she's doing. And she's awesome. She's amazing. And I uh, commented, I was like, who do I need to kick in the shins? Because that's my joke is, um, I never say I'll kill somebody for you, but I will kick them in the shins for sure. I'll go kick them in the shins. (laughs) And she made the comment. She goes, no, part of it's with you because you've allowed me to be all the things I wanted to be and that it's okay to be those things and not the idea of something else. But it's true because you think that everyone else has it figured out. And especially when you're younger, they've got it figured out. They know what they're doing. No, man, like nobody's really got it figured out. And I think the other part for me growing up was finally figuring out that my parents didn't have it figured out. Right. We go to our parents because they're supposed to know the things I'm a parent now. I don't know the things I'm supposed to know. And I know a lot of things. But like when you realize that your parents are just people too, muddling their way through life it makes it easier for you to forgive them for mistakes. It makes it easier for you to forgive yourself for mistakes because nobody has it figured out. They really don't. Like, we're all just
0: out here winging it and doing our best. So last night was Bronson's first night of football practice for me, and he was so excited. The kid's obsessed with football. And I was so excited that it was his first night of football practice because he's just been So I mean, I've never caught so many footballs. He's throwing footballs at me constantly. He's slapping me on the face with those little sticky gloves that he always wears. He's asking me about nut cups and shoes and how to, like, make sure they're not going to fall off when he's running. And I'm like, child, I know nothing about any of this stuff. Anyway, so I take him, and I was excited to drop him off there. He gets out of the truck, and we've got to put on all of this stuff. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing, but we get him dressed on the side of the road. I'm parked with our dually in a really, I mean, these are town streets that are small. I was kind of parked off the curb. I wasn't parked in a place where I could leave the truck there and haul his little butt across the field because they were all the way in the far corner. So he's like, all right, you're going with me, right, mom? And I'm like, no, I'm not going with you. You can walk it. Mom, He stomps his little foot. Mom, why can't you be that mom who does things more with me? And I'm like, Oh, for the love of God, get to walking. I'm not going over there with you. But
1: it's true, right? But they, it's it's that you think your parents can do everything. like, And then when you grow up, you're like, oh, man, they didn't know what they were doing either, which isn't a bad thing. But like no. when you're younger, that's what you think, that they know that they have the answer. And I think you see that like when you're looking to your trainers or your coaches or your mentors, even your friends, like, oh, man, they have it figured out. And I think that we've entered a new age of people being aware of what's wrong with them. Like a little more self-aware, right? This yes, is what I, I agree with that. Like this is what I deal with. This is how I deal with it. Maybe it's not the greatest thing because like, you know, we talk about it with horse trainers and you see it in almost every meme about horse trainers, why they drink or smoke or do all this. And we run on caffeine. Like the joke used to be caffeine, cocaine, and nicotine. It's not anymore. Thank God. <laughs> But you know, like that was the joke. How do horse trainers survive? Caffeine, cocaine, and nicotine. We're not in the 80s anymore, but we all survive on like 19 cups of coffee a day and water and the hope that we're doing the best we can for you. But you know, people want an immediate answer, and you're like, Yeah, I don't have one. I wish I did. I wish this was cookie cutter, and I could tell you that two plus two equals four, but 2 plus 2 equals 4, 1 plus 3 equals 4, 10 minus 6 equals 4. There's a lot of ways to get to 4. And I think it's actually great that we've entered that, right? That not everything works for everyone. And we're a little more aware of that than we were before because James jokes about it. Too. So with ADD, right? I have it for sure. I am a space right. cadet, right? It makes me, again, there's a lot of benefits for that, but I for sure have it. I'm pretty sure that some of my kids have it. Pretty sure James has it too. Um, just, and it's part of the reason like I can't work a nine to five because I would lose my goddamn mind, like for sure. Cause I like to do a lot of different things and going somewhere with this back to the ADD. But like when we were in high school, that was a new diagnosis. Like I was at the beginning of that really being a, di- a big diagnosis thing. You know, they just kind of told you you were dumb. Like, why can't you sit still? Why can't you do these things? Now, again, I, I'm highly functioning, so I could do all the things and then get done. And my thing was in school, get everything done so now I can walk around the classroom and talk to people. Like, all of my, every progress report, every report card I had, Remy is good. She talks too much in class. I'm like, yeah. My report card would still say that today. <laughs> <laughs> Mine too. And, but, you know, like, when I was in high school, they just, they didn't help you that way. It was just get it done. Be good at what you do. Put your head down. And now... I, I think sometimes we overvalue what everyone has, but I, I think it'll come back to the middle. We are all starting to realize that we're all broken in some way and it's okay to be broken. It's not okay to sit in all the broken pieces, but it's okay to recognize how we're broken and then reach out to other people. Because for me, the worst thing is being lonely, right? Yeah. Like to think that you are the only person that feels like this and anxiety and depression will both trick you into that. Nobody else feels this way. You're the only one. You're the only piece that's broken in this deal. And and that's horrible. Like, I mean, that's a horrible feeling to feel alone in that emptiness or in that pain or in that agitation. in that anxiety is feeling alone. You're not alone. Reach out because trust me, someone else is feeling what you are feeling or, or, and sometimes they can help you
0: manage it. And now, you know, folks that we have it too. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And it's true. You know, like, we said we're not mental health professionals. For me, I have to write lists, not because I feel good about checking them off. Like for me, if I don't go in order, I my do. List, right. Like, so you have to go in order. I don't have to go in order, but I have to have a list because I'll just spin off and forget that I was supposed to do something like, but for me, so for you, you have to have lists. It makes you feel better. James is the same way. He's got those sale cards and he loves checking off the boxes. So do right, So you're, you're accomplished. Things are done the way you want them done. And I, I think that's the other thing that anxiety deal. like I, and I've seen it in a lot of people. There's one way to do things and we have to do it that way because if we don't do it my way, then it's not the right way. And I'm like, it got done. It's great. I might like, have that. <laughs> and, and that's not wrong, right? It makes you efficient. It makes you very good. It makes you very driven. And as you get older, I think it's easier if you're not... I think it's easier to take that breath, but again, it's practicing that practice, the breath, practice the pause. And for some people, all you're going to get away with is two minutes to begin with, but practice two minutes to yourself with your brain, which is not always super enjoyable. And I can tell from your body language that this also makes you very
0: uncomfortable, you know? Yeah. And well, because I'm having anxiety, Remy, cause I'm like, oh, I gotta go here soon. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think that, you
1: know, like for you, you said you like to create, you like to have lists. Okay. So that's how you deal with anxiety. Are there other tricks for you that help you get through your day?
0: I have, well, I listen to a lot of podcasts. It's listening. It's mm-hmm. listening and breathing. I do a lot of breathing exercises and it, it's not like weird breathing, but it's even. It works yeah. It right. Works. So
1: So that's, and that's a good, and that's a good starting point for people figure out how you breathe. Like for me again, like I am a giant hippie, so it doesn't matter anyway, but I do like a lot of yoga. I lay on a Shakti mat, which is like a, it's kind of like a bed of nails, but it's plastic. I lay on that for 20 minutes a night. Do you know how hard that was to begin with? Even for me, like even for me, for someone that can stop to lay there in the dark for 20 minutes and do nothing. That was a lot because I don't like the things I see in my head after about 10 minutes. Now I can lay there for 45 minutes and it's great and now I can control
0: all of that, but I had to practice to get to there. And it would be hard for me to do because that would be time away from take away time from what I could be you know yeah. I could be accomplishing something in that time. That's the reason I could never tan. I would never want to tan. Like that sounds like torture. Who has time for that shit? I can't even go get my hair done anymore because I'm like, it it makes like literally, I feel like my skin is crawling. It's
1: too. No. And so my advice, and this is my advice for people that have anxiety that I deal with personally in an everyday life, right? Is it the sky isn't falling, but that's hard. And you have to practice that. Like, again, I say all these things and I know that people think it's easy for me. I deal I don't deal with anxiety but I am surrounded by people that deal with anxiety and I think part of the reason I attract those people is because I'm very level like that doesn't mean I'm high it doesn't mean I'm great but like I don't change a lot so I think that's why I attract people with anxiety because you're calm I can right I'm I'm the calm like I can captain this ship and keep us afloat but it, it, and you see it in people's writing You see it the way they ride their horses. They want to micromanage and make everything happen immediately the way they want it to. And there's a reason that my blog is called Ride the Crazy. Just ride the crazy. For me, it's easy. Ride it out, right? Horses, people, no matter what, just shrug your shoulders. But I have to tell these people and a lot of my good friends, just practice. Like, you have to practice that, right? Don't micromanage your horse. Don't micromanage your kids. Don't micromanage yourself. Don't micromanage your spouse. And I don't say that because I think I'm better, but I see the effects of it outwardly. So I tell people, right, just take that breath. And at first, like you said, for breathing, right, just take a breath and then take another breath because the world will not end if you didn't get it done. But that is hard. And again, logically, you know that to be true. The world's not going to end if I don't do A before B. It is hard mentally to grasp that. So I tell people, like, take that breath. And if you can take that breath and just hold it for 30, like and hold for 30 seconds and then reevaluate. And if you still feel that bad about it, go do it. But, you know, take the breath first, practice being quiet, practice some sort of solitude. And for me, like I do, I have to meditate. I have to meditate. I have to do your dog. I have to meditate. I have to do those things because if not it. T- I go to a different place, not the same place as you, but a different place. But, you know, go out, create, even if you're not good. At, and this is the other thing for creating. And I've had this conversation with a lot of people. I don't draw well or I don't do this well. Who cares if it makes you happy? Who cares? I saw this meme yesterday and it was awesome. It was like uh, trace the trace the drawing you have in your journal. Admire old cars without knowing how to fix them. Try painting with the wrong brush. Who cares if it's if you don't know all the steps to do it? Just do some of them. But a lot of people don't have that, right? I have to know all the things to get it done. You don't have to know all the things to get it done. And anxiety will tell you, you do have to know all the steps that you have to be in perfect control. It
0: does, yes. Well, Remy, my anxiety is kicking in right now (laughs) as I hear people pulling into my yard for lessons this morning. Um, Thank you guys for joining us today. Great combo, Remy. I'm glad to see you this week. It's been fun. We'll be back next week. Don't forget, you can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts.
1: So please uh, like, scrip, subscribe, and follow. Um, our is growing. Also, hopefully, we have some merchandise coming up. I'm working on it right now. Fingers crossed. And you know, like we said, no, be brave and- or be bold. Be brave. Be humble. Be humble. And, and for those of
0: you who wondering minds, our net worth is increasing $8. $8. We're like
1: at $8.06. So um, when you see me flying around to horse shows.
0: <laughs> no. Uh, oh, might be sporting a new fur coat here soon. It's all because of you. So ripping in I, diamonds. Yeah. Take care of yourselves.
1: And we will see you next week. Have a great week, guys. Bye.